It's Insights with Latrice. Welcome to another episode of Insights with Latrice. Thank you so much for joining me. And for those of you, this is your first time, welcome. I am the host, Latrice Kabuya, and I'm so glad you're here. Um, you are in for a treat. We've been doing a series called Sexless Marriage, and we're adding a tagline to it when your marriage is failing. And so right now I want you to get your friends, your people, everybody, and um, let's, let's listen in, join in. If you have any questions, please, please put them in the comments. We're gonna answer every question that comes our way. Also, um, I want you to do me a favor, make sure you're sharing this because it's so important and we're going to have some great information. So please share this. And if you're going to watch this or if you're watching this after the um, broadcast, please in comments, I need to know that you're watching it after the fact. And so put hashtag replay. Please do that for me. That's very important because we just kind of keep track of when people are watching it live um, versus after um, after it's been pro um, broadcast. And so also, again, don't forget to download on your favorite um, podcast platform, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google, wherever. Just make sure you have download Insights with Latrice. And also subscribe on my YouTube channel so you can stay up to date with what I'm doing because it will definitely teen you or what is it, ring you so that you can know. Um, so I think that's all the housekeeping rules and tools that I'm supposed to do. I want to um, say hi, Eva, and hi, Amy. So we are now going to get right into it. If you're ready, I know I'm ready. So last week we had this young lady on, um, Keisha Tyson. And you know, yes, yeah, she's a mother. She's um, a businesswoman. She's a wife, obviously. Um, she's a minister. She's a professional counselor. You know, she wears many hats. But the one thing um, that she is is special to me. She's an amazing woman of God. I'm so part. I'm so happy and proud to be a part of her life as well as her being a part of my life. And so we're going to get her in because we are getting ready to really get into this uh, marriage series. So Keisha, welcome. Thank you for coming back. Welcome back. You know, when I saw all those um, part three, part three, I was like, yes, please come back. So I appreciate it. And today is your birthday. So we celebrate, we honor you. Thank you so much because um, I know, you know, birthdays are important to me. So the fact that you would take the time out to talk to the people, to help the people. Um, we humbly thank you. So we appreciate that so much. All right. So, you know, we were talking last week about sexless marriage. And when, you know, I added the tagline, when your marriage is failing. And, you know, one of the big components that I kept getting this week from people was that whole communication piece or the lack thereof right before sex is gone that communication has been gone or has not ever been um str strong in in the marriage part of it so um we stirred up a, a lot of conversation but i think this is good because a lot of times we either don't want to deal with it or we feel like it's only us it's only my marriage and it's not true. Can you just give give a tidbit of your testimony about you and your husband? Hello. 
Okay. Okay. Um, which is the year of completion, I should say, we were done. Give me just a second. I'm getting some okay. feedback that they couldn't hear you. So can someone put in the comment, can you hear Keisha, please? Go ahead and keep talking. Yeah, keep okay. talking, Keisha. So, so the communication broke down. I think we were sick and tired of being tired. So communication stopped. Okay. Um, we managed to talk about the children and what we needed to deal with regarding bills and finances. And after that, we just stopped talking about us. We stopped being friends. And when we stopped being friends, the sex stopped. Um, and, and I want to be clear, it didn't completely stop. It got to be scarce. Very, okay. very scarce. Okay. Um, we have a very healthy sex life. So, um, we weren't talking, we weren't having a good time, we weren't laughing, um, but we still managed to make sure that we took care of each other's needs. And that's all it was. It was just sex at that point. And okay. so um, we finally decided that we were going to separate and we separated for 10 months. Okay. Yeah. 10 months. 10 months. What? I like to tell a whole baby could have been made in 10 months. Ten whole, exactly. A whole baby. A whole, month, a whole baby. Wow. And now look at you too. You just celebrated 16 years yes. on Wednesday. And on Wednesday. you are professional yes. counselors to so many marriages and couples that are on the brinks of divorce. That's Isn't correct. That amazing. So you are living proof. Yes. Right? Yes. That if you work at it, if you don't give up, no matter what it looks like, that is correct. It can work. God it can work, and you have to be marriage. willing. You have to be willing. So tell me this: What were some of the tools you used, or even Buster, your husband, used to open up the line of communication? Well, we had help. We had a third party to come in. Okay. Um, I was at the point where I would say prior to us even separating, I wanted a counselor and my husband did not. He okay. was adamant about not going to counseling. He felt like counseling was just a crutch, so to speak. And he felt like we needed to be able to communicate on our own because the counselor wasn't going to live with us. So for him, he was not even willing to communicate with a third party at all. How did but you get him to do yeah, that? When I said I no longer wanted to be married to him. Wow. Okay. Okay. When I told him I no longer wanted to be in this situation and that I was ready, I was done. And I think he knew at that point that I was done. And he actually reached out to a third party who ended up being a minister at my childhood church. Okay. And he reached out to her and he says, I want to save my marriage. I didn't know who else to call. And so he called her and wow. she came into our home and she counseled us that entire time in the basement of our home. But if it wasn't for her, we would not be here. Wow. We would not be here. He called her and she and she accepted. So why is it? Because I hear it more often than not. The man does not like to go to a third party. What are some reasons would you say why they don't think 
it's necessary or they wait till it's it's at almost to the end. Well, in my case, I told you Buster's reasoning. Other men will feel like automatically that someone is going to tell them that there's something wrong with them. Okay. Um, people are going to feel like at times that it can't be helped. Okay. They're used to this new normal. And so they'll rather just deal with what they already, they know that evil. <laughs> they don't yeah. know how it feels to have someone else come and intervene, intervene, I'm sorry, in their problems. Also, okay. people know that there's things on the inside that they're not willing to deal with themselves. And so bringing someone in with a fresh pair of eyes, they're going to be able to see that. And then I think it's a protection mechanism because they're protecting everything that they're attached to. And so what I mean by that is not only are you going to see what's wrong with me, you may see what's wrong with my mom. You may start to yeah. question my childhood. You That's may start it. to open up some skeletons that my family has buried deep down inside. And so all of those things come out in counseling because I'm sorry, you know, we face some ugly truths in counseling. Yeah. When my husband and I went to counseling, okay. things about his family came out that was lying on the inside of him that he didn't want to face. It was things that I had held on to and brought into my marriage that yeah. I thought that I was healed from and that I wasn't. And so we then created this life together and we're bringing new lives into the world. And we had to figure out how to heal ourselves before we damaged our children. Wow. And that just really leads me into my next question. How important is it to work on oneself? What does that look like? And you kind of touched on that because anytime you're dealing with two people, you first have to work on you, you know, and I think it is scary when there's things that have been laid dormant or that that baggage that you've had and you're just kind of used to it. So let's just not touch it. Let's just keep it where it's at. But it mm -hmm. is um, it's necessary, right? It is to deal with it. And it's OK. It's OK to be vulnerable. It's OK. And I think also, Keisha, with men, you know, and we kind of touched on this last week. They are not taught to communicate their feelings or emotions. You know, if they fall and break their arm, get up, man. You know, you're tough, you know. And so mm -hmm. then here comes this wife 20 some years later saying, talk to me, communicate, share your feelings, express, you know. And he's just like, I really don't know how. And because they're fix it, because they think what on the left side of their brain mm -hmm. where they want to fix everything fix and they it. can't fix this. Right. And so that's hard for them. But I think individually, did you two individually go to counseling and then come together at all? Or you just did? OK, so we did. We did. We did couples counseling and okay. then all us individually okay. so we would have a session where it would just be her we would have a session where it would just be us but we always either started together or we ended together that was very important okay 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 so tell me this um many times we focus on feelings and not solutions and so how do we evolve from that because i i know a lot of times for me personally in my marriage at, you know, in that beginning stage, um, I wanted validation of my feelings. And I think what Olivier, where we kept conflicting, Olivier may not have agreed with my emotions. So he wasn't going to validate them. Right. And so does valid, you know, we had to get to a point just, I need the validation. I may not agree and that's okay, but I, I want you to know I heard you. Talk a little bit about that, how important that is. So listening to someone is very important. I typically tell my couples that if you are talking when the other person is talking, then that means you're not listening. And if you're already ready to interrupt them, 
that means that you're not taking in what they're saying because you're already on offense. You're already on defense. You're already preparing your answer. You already know yeah. what you're about to say. So you are ready for your introduction into the conversation, that window of opportunity. And so I think the validation comes because you want to be heard. You want to make sure that the person is listening to you, but also hearing. There is a difference between listening and there's a difference between hearing. Hearing means you heard the volume of what someone says. Okay. Listening, you're taking it in, you're reflecting on what they're saying, and you're trying to see how you can apply it. I don't need for you to just hear me. I need for you to listen to me. I need to know that what I say matters. I need to know that how I look matters. I need to know that those tears I just cried mattered. You may not agree with what I said, but I need to know that wow. you're on the same team as me and you're taking my thoughts and needs into consideration. That's good. And that's hard. It is. It is hard, especially when you don't agree with the person. Absolutely. It is hard. Um, we have a practice called mirroring. Okay. And so you say something to me, I need to repeat exactly wow. what you said because I need to make sure I heard it. And it's a lot of times couples, they hear what they want to hear based on what's going on. Really? And so if you're looking in the mirror and you're pointing at something, you should see you pointing at that thing in the mirror. It should be an identical reflection of what you're doing. And the same way, in, in the same way a conversation should take place, you should be able to repeat verbatim what your partner said to you. And it makes sure that it's exactly how they said it. Not adding in your feelings, not adding in your emotions, yeah. not adding in your tone, but adding in how they felt from their eyes, from their perspective. Yeah. And that lets them know that you're listening to them. You know, that's so interesting, Keisha. I'm laughing because I'm telling on myself because I thought I was such a good communicator, right? And okay. that Olivia was so horrible communicating. And he did the mirror um, activity. We didn't know it was called mirror. I think it was just called desperate. We were trying to figure it out, you know? And so he would say to me, repeat what I just said. Well, I was ready to rebuttal. <laughs> so I heard you, but I didn't hear you. So, and, and so I would get defensive, of course. and and be like, don't ask me that, you know, I'm no child, I heard you, you know, but I really never could repeat what he said. And I realized at that moment that my God, I'm not listening. I'm so busy trying to make my point. I'm so busy trying to tell you how wrong you are. That I'm putting my feelings over yours. Right. Not trying to find a solution, even though I was always, I'm trying to find resolution and solution. No, I was just trying to take care of my needs. Right. And so it's so interesting. I think that activity is absolutely necessary and it's needed because you're going to realize at that point how much you hear how much you listen, how much you don't take in. And you're going to realize how much is you. <laughs> you're going to realize how much is you. How about because that? How about did, I that? Just, did I just do that? Did I just say that? How about that? Yeah. For, for a man to communicate his wants and his needs is a lot for him to do. Yes, and yes. so if we as women are nagging, if we as women yes 
aren't listening to their needs. If we as women, because a lot of times we as women think it's all about us. They're supposed to make us happy. They're supposed to attend to our needs. They're supposed to give us the affection that they want. They're supposed to do. They are our covering. They're the leader of the house. And we put all of this responsibility on them. And the reality is sometimes they just want to be held, heard, held to, but heard. Sometimes they just want to be heard. Again, and then if we want to go all the way back, they've always had a problem being heard because they were told not to show emotion when you break your arm. Uh You know, you have to be this one way. You have to look this one way. Right. And so they just want a vulnerable place. They want to trust us. They want to feel safe. Just like we do. Correct. That's good. That's Correct. good. That's good. So, you know, we were, we've been talking about communication, right? Or and the lack of, and and I know for me, I had to really figure out also what was the best type of communication. And this may sound odd, and so I would love to hear your your stand on it. Olivier and I, um, because we're very passionate when we talk, we had to find a mutual ground. And sometimes because I want to talk and he wanted to talk. So we started doing Marco Polo. And we started because you can't be interrupted. You say what you need to say and then you get a response. Okay. Now that's probably juvenile, but that worked for us for a long okay. time to now where we can talk it out, you know, but we had to figure out also, um, we realized, oh my gosh, I'm repeating myself, you know, cause again, you're thinking about you. So it just really showed us some of the things that we were doing. So I think that you have to find your way, your connection, what works in your marriage. You definitely do. Okay. Busta and I try everything. Okay. We literally tried everything. He said I talked too much. By the time it, it got a chance, he got a chance to talk. He forgot what he wanted to say, so he would just butt in. He, I mean, it was horrific. We tried journaling. Okay. We bought composition books at the beginning of the week. He would write in his book all week about how I made him feel. I would write in my book all week. And then on Sundays, we would trade books. But then we would have attitudes until Wednesday because I didn't like what he wrote in his book. Or he would get super quiet because he felt some type of way. I mean, we sent each other emails. We sent each other texts. We had to just grow up. Yes. Yes. The reality is we had to just grow up. If you cannot communicate with your spouse, if you can say I do to all the good things, when you're standing in that pulpit, when you're standing on that stage, when you're standing in the justice of the peace to say I do to the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with, then you need to learn how to talk to that person. You need to grow up and figure out a way to communicate. You really do. Now, um, when we finally started communicating, it got to the point where he would cut me off. Well, I don't just have that issue with people. I mean, with my husband, I have that issue with people. Because I really, truly, truly believe how you treat me, there's a message in it. And I'm going to listen to it loud and clear. So if you don't value what I have to say, then I won't say anything to you at all because it's a two-way street. So if I'm expressing how I feel and my husband says something, I stop talking because we both can't talk at the same time. Okay. And so he will see that I've stopped talking and he will just digress and he'll just let me say what I have to say. And then I'll stop speaking and he'll say what he have to say. And we're done with it. It's no arguing back right. and forth like we used to. And I, I'm the same way when I communicate with anybody because we both can't hear each other if we're both speaking. 
And so I just think that it's hard when you're struggling in all other areas of your relationship to have that level of respect when you're talking. Because if you're struggling in all other areas of your relationship, you're fed up, you're frustrated, you're angry, you're upset, you're talking about sex, you're horny. I mean, it's just so many emotions you're going through, so many physical changes that you're going through that when it's time for you all to have a discussion, a simple a simple disagreement can turn into a major conflict. What you want for dinner can be a fight. Absolutely. Why do I always have to pick the place? Why do I always have to pick the restaurant? I picked the restaurant the last five times we went out. I mean, something so simple can turn into an argument because everybody's all wound up. So you have to learn how to communicate what you're going through. This morning, this morning, so you write my birthday's today. I turned 42 to God be the glory. I'm thankful for that. Um, but I woke up this morning. First of all, I couldn't even sleep last night. I was really, really, really restless. Okay. And when I woke up this morning, I just laid on his chest and he touched my head and he said, well, what's going on in there? Mm. And I just blurted out like, I want to say like 30 things, right? And then I stopped. And so I looked up at him and I said, you want some more? And he said, go ahead. And I just blurted out everything else that was going on in my mind. And he just sat there and he listened. Yeah. He did not combat what I said. He did not say, I disagree with what you said. He did not say, yeah. and, and none of them were marriage issues. Well, one of them was a marriage related topic, but yeah. everything was just stuff that I was going through in business and ministry, what I felt like God was doing in my life, what I wasn't happy with relative the relatives that I've missed that has gone on. His yeah. dad is my surrogate father. He has COVID right now. And so usually on my birthday, I will go get a hug from his dad. I can't do that now. So I'm just like telling him everything that I'm going through. And as my husband, he's holding me and he's touching my head and he's listening to me. You all have to figure out what works for you. Yeah. What? Because you can't keep it in here. No. You keeping it in your in your head will cause health problems. It's going to cause sexual problems. Yeah. It's going to cause marital problems. You're going to have problems with your girlfriends or your yeah. guy friends because you're going to be so wound up. Yes, you can talk to Jesus because after that, I went and had a great cry hallelujah moment in the shower. But you're going to have to figure out if you can't do it on your own. If you don't have that support, you're going to have to find someone to talk to. Absolutely. Great point. And, you know, and I will just share with Olivier and I what has happened. I don't even have to say anything. And he'll be like, what's going on? And, you know, me, I've been trying to be tough. And, you know, I'm so I'm such a punk. I'm like, nothing. And he's like, come here. He goes, I feel you. Go ahead and talk to me. (laughs) You know, and it comes out, right? And I'm so thankful we got to that point because we weren't always there, Keisha. Right, right. You know, um, every other day was some type of argument. Like you said, just over dinner, you know, just those little things because you're always just on high alert. So Mm -hmm. to get from there to here is such a blessing. And I just want to encourage everyone that's watching, listening um, in a marriage, believing to be in a marriage to understand that there's things that you go through, but there is solutions. There is resolutions. There are tools that you can utilize to to help the marriage out. And let me know. um, Give me any questions. We're ready, aren't we, Keisha? We're we're ready. fully loaded. So let let's get back on the topic of sex. Okay. You know that's how this all started. I was talking to some girlfriends, and that was one of the things that they really 
wanted to discuss and talk about is a sexless marriage. And as we talked about last week, and if you guys weren't in, um, if you didn't watch it last week, please go um, either to YouTube, my podcast, or even the Facebook live thread. Um, Last week, we really got into sexless marriages and some whys and and reasons behind it. But I want to really tap into some other areas that you actually sent me an email on um, regarding the whys behind. I mean, we know it starts with the lack of communication, the lack of relationship. But then I started looking up once you sent me some items. I started looking up just how interesting people view sex in a marriage. So let's let's kind of go backwards. Okay. Okay. What is the biblical purpose of sex in a marriage? Oh my gosh. So I know that's such a I'm looking at Right. Well, I mean, if you want to just put it into a few words to be fruitful and to multiply. Okay. And so to multiply, of course, is to reproduce, to have more children, to bring more people into the earth, into the kingdom for God's glory. But to be fruitful, I believe is I believe that women have fruit and I believe that men have fruit. And I believe that those fruit, that fruit was given to each of those people so they will be able to enjoy it. And so say that again, say that I wanted to hear that come out your mouth, because let me tell you why. And I'm sorry to interrupt because we miss the fact that sex is supposed to be enjoyable. It's pleasurable and it's okay. It is. It is. It's not a sin. Sex is only a sin when you're having sex with someone you're not married to. That's what I believe. Um, But it's not a sin. It was it was created for us to be able to enjoy our spouse. It was created. What made it ugly is when people do ugly acts that's attached to it. It's when people are touching people they have no business touching. It's when it's made in a sick way. It's when it is abused, just like marijuana. It wasn't created to be abused. People abuse it. People abuse cocaine. But those things were created in the earth for other purposes. And I believe just like sex, it was not created for pedophilia. It was not created for rape. It was not created for molestation. It was created for us to be fruitful and enjoy the fruit that was given to our husband or our wives in this case. And so that does mean if I can hear you and I'm listening, okay, let's do that mirror thing. It's not just for husbands to enjoy. It is for wives. That is correct. And I think, again, a misconception that it's just for for men. And so there were some things that you had sent me, like sex is gross. And when I tell you how many articles on just sex is gross, that I just was like, wow. Wow. Talk to me about that. So last week I mentioned something and I and I emailed you that specifically because I, I felt the need to touch it a little bit further because last week when I said something, I said something could have been lying dormant. It was attached to an act and because it was attached to a gross act, they felt like it was gross. Yeah. But I believe that something was downloaded into me later, simply somebody may not know. And and what I mean by that is a lot of times when things happen to us, we block it. It's not even about it being, you know, lying dormant on the inside of us and just waiting to come out or we're trying to hide it and we're packing it down with, you know, different things. But sometimes something can be so traumatic 
that we have completely blocked it out. We have completely, you know what? I don't like it. I don't want it. I don't want no parts of it. I don't know why. I just don't like it. And so we have to figure out why we don't like it. It's not a food that we can take it or leave it. It's not a person. You know what? I just can't put my hand on it. It's just something about her I just don't vibe with. It's not that. It is the act that was created for you to enjoy with the person that you're going to be with for the rest of your life. And if it is a reason why you think it is gross, if there are no things that you can put your hands on. And so what I mean by nothing that you can put your hands on, meaning, okay, you think the act is gross with the person because of a body odor. You think the act is gross with the person because he has you doing things that you simply don't want to do. You think that um, it's unnatural for you to do these things. If it's gross to you because you don't like the way it makes you feel, Mm -hmm. if it's gross to you because he's getting off and you're not getting off and you feel like you're just a doormat. If it's not something that you can physically describe with your mouth and it is just something in your mind that has caused you to say absolutely not, this is just the most disgusting thing ever, I suggest that you go see someone. I suggest it. And I'm not I'm not a sex therapist by far, but I suggest that you get to the bottom of why you think that something that was created for you to do. Yeah. Not only was it created for you to do, but had it not been done, you wouldn't be here. Yes. So I think you need to figure out why. The why. Is it just the person? If you've always felt like this, when did you start feeling yeah. like this? Yeah. Because if you just started feeling like sex was gross. But it wasn't gross when you were a teenager or if you didn't think it was gross until you became a teenager, did something happen? I think you you have to start to try to figure it out and start just like, what is this? Ancestry and all of these Uh different genealogy things that's going on and you can trace your family members. You have to start trying to got to start to try to chase and figure it out as to why you're attached to this gross thing, because I don't think it's gross. And I don't think it's gross. You, you were going to say something else. Okay, <laughs> I, let's do it. No, it's just, I, I feel bad for people um, that are suffering from some mental health issue that disrupts their lives. Because I think that that is mental. I think that, and I'm not saying that someone is suffering from a mental illness because mental health and mental illness are totally different things. But I think that it's a mental um, component. Something is cut off. It's like going into a a dark house and no lights are on. And you flip the switch and the light's still not coming on. Then there is something causing the electricity in that house that whether it was a power surge whether it was a storm whether you didn't pay the light bill what what whatever the case whether the fuse need to be flipped in the fuse breaker box whatever the case you have to find out the source and it has to be a reason why someone feels that sex is gross it has to be a reason okay because it's not a normal feeling it's not a normal feeling Wow. And so again, here we go. We have to get back to the basis. We got to start discovering, you know, what was that? What was that? What was it? What was that source of it? And the thing about it, um, anyone watching who maybe is struggling with thinking sex is gross or they don't like sex or sex is a chore, please understand you're not alone. Um, There's so many people. I mean, when I tell you all the information I was pulling up on this um, topic itself um, and how many people are suffering and how many marriages are suffering, you know, the one thing you can rest assured is that God intended for sex to be between a husband and a wife. And it's a beautiful thing and it's um, an enjoyable thing and it's okay to enjoy sex because it feels good when you're with your husband or with your wife. And so um, I would just 
beseech you to go get the help needed, um, the help necessary to discover your way. Because sometimes you can't do it by yourself. You do need that that person, that professional to help you navigate through some things. Because like Keisha said, um, there's times where something so traumatic, you just block it out of your mind. I know when I've gone to counseling, there's things that come up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I completely have blocked it out for so long, but it was still affecting me. I just couldn't remember this was the source until I went to that third person, um, that professional. And as you guys know, I totally believe in counseling. It is necessary and it's it's needed. Prayer and counseling. Um, Before we wrap up, I want to just kind of talk about a few gestures that can help a marriage and that really can help a marriage. But if you're not doing this, it can really hurt a marriage. And so I'll say it and then you just give me some insight on it. Okay. Okay. And things that you mentioned, um, first of all, romance. Oh my gosh. Romance is so important. It is so important in a relationship. Um, And that goes back. It goes back to intimacy. And I think it goes back to being defined. Um, and and you have to figure it out. You have to figure it out. It is struggles. It is str- struggles. I can't talk tonight. It is such a struggle for couples, I think. Because yeah. romance is relative. And it's also something that people automatically assume that you need money for. Because I think it can be um, misconceptionalized with dinner and flowers and cards and dating. I I never forget. My husband said so much stuff to me when we first got together. And one of the things that he said um, and he would say for years was, he felt like, because I did watch a lot of movies and I told y'all that last week, that I wanted the type of romance that um, the wind machine would blow. (laughs) He said that I wanted the type of romance that he would be riding in on a horse to get Hallmark girl. And and I love romantic movies and that's what I absolutely love. And so that was important to me. And so I never forget. And we didn't have a lot of money. We made a lot of money when we first got together, but we we were so immature. We didn't keep a lot of money. So it don't matter how much you make it was how much you can. And so we were always broke, right? And I never forget one day he picked me up from the train station and it was a post-it in the car. And it was, I never forget what it said. Don't laugh. It was, here's your favorite chocolate bar from your chocolate bar. And it was a Snickers. And so every day that week, I would come home to a different post-it note. I love it. With something small. That was romantic. I love it. I love flowers. I got to the point where I wanted flowers and he would bring me flowers. You get what I'm saying? Something switched and I didn't care. I didn't care if it was flowers on the corner of the man selling roses at the stoplight. I didn't care if it was roses from the grocery store. Now I'm at an age where I don't want grocery store flowers. I want you to go to a florist. You're you're going to change. What your idea of romance is, is going to change. He would buy me cards. He bought me cards one year, I think two years back to back. It was the same card, but a different, a different front on it because he loved the what it said. And I'm like looking at the card, like the card is great, but I'd rather have a post-it note. So yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Because it came from his heart. So yeah. I really think that you have to define everything, whether it's sex, whether it's communication, whatever it is back to romance, what that is, what that means. What do you need from me? How can I show you that you're valued? How can I show you that I love you? How can I show you that I want you? I remember one day he greased my hair. Listen, a foot rub and you greasing my locks, 
That is everything to me. (laughs) That is everything to me. And I think you have to, like you said, you have to go back to what's important to you. And ladies, remember this. They want to be romance too. They do. You gotta you gotta hear what they want they as do. well. And it's not always as easy as it is with us, because we'll just tell you, look, th- this don't work anymore. We want this. But for men, you kind of have to pull or just hear, you know. And I know Olivier, um for years <laughs> for years, I thought I was doing right with these different gifts I was getting them. And I was just so proud of Latrice. And he would just be like, thank you. And finally, I was like, what's up? You know, I'm working hard, me and the girls. And he's like, listen to what I like. What do I say I like? Okay. So I would just throughout, you know, you know, it'd be just random days. Um, He would just say different things. I mean, and I would just keep a note and I would just go out and he would just be like in like literally one gift. He was almost in tears (laughs) and it wasn't a big deal. And it was probably one of my least expensive gifts. Don't say it wasn't wasn't a big deal because it was a big deal. It was for him, but it was for you, too. And that's what I want you to see. It was for you, too, because at that moment, you heard him. Yes. At that moment, at that moment, that was that instant gratification. At that moment, you were sexting him up right then and there because you heard him. Yeah. You touched something in him that that you hadn't touched with all the previous gifts that you were happy with buying. I was so tickled at my little gifts. But let me tell you, he was not. And and you could tell because they're in a cart. Uh, we have a question. What do you recommend your husband doesn't want counseling? Okay, so what do you recommend? Your husband doesn't want counseling but still won't open up. We kind of touched about it earlier. Um, I think you just have to continue to work with him. Um, I know for me personally, Olivier, it, it took a minute for him to finally um, agree to it because it's a big step for men, big step. And I know you said earlier in the broadcast that it was like you were done. And he was like, oh, wait, she fed up. So everyone's different. Do you want to speak on that? Tisha? I will say, yes, I will say go by yourself. That's good. You can go to couples counseling without your husband. And so what you would do is, and, and, and the reason why I say couples counseling, find a family and marriage therapist to go to, not just a regular therapist for yourself. And the reason why I say that is go with in hopes that he's going to come. You speak that thing in the life. I don't know the person's um, spiritual component background, whatever their spiritual relationship is, but pray. And I believe in the God that you speak life into certain situations. So you speak life. You know what? I'm looking for a counselor that's going to help my husband and I. He's not ready yet, but I'm coming and I believe in God and I believe that he's going to follow suit. And sometimes we need to hear some things on our own, just like our counselor was able to speak to us individually and speak to us collectively, you know what? Go to the counselor and be like, hey, you know what? I just want to come for me right now. I want to let you know what's going on from my perspective. I'm hoping that my husband will join later. But as of right now, you just have me for right now. So let's work on me. And be better for my marriage. That's perfect, Keisha, because that was my situation. I went first because Mr. Kabuya wasn't going. And so I did work on me and it was a beautiful situation. And I got to really discover me, connect with me and understand me. And then I guess I was doing such a good work. He was like, hold up. <laughs> and he did. But you're so right. I spoke the word. I trusted God um, and I believed God to for him to come. And he did. And I want to just touch this real quick. I know you're about to go to the next thing. Yeah. That 
when he sees that you are doing better, when he sees that you're not coming home and pointing the finger at him, yeah. when he sees you doing the work, he is he's it's two things that's gonna happen. One, he's gonna be attracted to the new you, and two, he's gonna have fear because mm. that deposits fear in men. Okay. And, and the fear that gets deposited is oh, she's getting herself together. Yeah. Either somebody else is gonna want her or she's no longer gonna want me. So mm. I'm gonna get myself together. Wow. Okay, that's good. Thank you for that question. All right. So adding going back to gestures that can either really help a marriage or if you're not doing it, can really hurt a marriage. Compliments. Yes. I oh, yes. Yeah. Right. Oh, yes. Yes. Because I need to know that um, what when Buster and I was going through our issues, um, I started taking care of me. I started making sure my hair was done. I started making sure my nails and my feet were done. I started making sure that I looked good all the time. And I remember this one particular day, it was pay week, so everything was dead. Hair was dead, nails was dead, everything was dead. And I went to New York and Company, I bought me a nice dress. It was fitting in all the right spots. And get dressed, leave home. I'm riding in the car with Buster. Get to church, church all day long. We leave church on the way home. And I get a text from somebody in church telling me I look good that day. And my husband never opened his mouth. Wow. So I turned and I looked at him and I said, how do I look? And he said, you look good. Why you ask me that with your face wrinkled up? And I said, because you haven't told me. Mm. And so I am, I am an advocate for everything should happen at home first. Everything yeah. should happen at home first. And so to have another man see what I was getting dressed up for, for my husband to see, it hurt. And it, yeah. and it made our situation a whole lot worse because I was no longer looking for that validation from my husband. There mm -hmm. was no need. I was getting it from everybody else. Men, yeah. women, I, I was getting it from everybody else. Yeah. You want to give it to the person that is your life partner. Absolutely. You want to make sure that that person knows that they that, that you're wanted and you're needed. And yeah. all of those things compliment them. You know, it'll be times that, you know, my husband will cut his hair. And I mean, I'm running around and I'm taking care of the kids and I'm cooking and I'm cleaning and I'm taking care of our business or whatever. And then I'll look up at him and I'm like, hey, nice haircut. And he like, I cut my hair two days ago. Okay. 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 And okay. so it works both ways. You well, have to make sure that you are in tune with your partner. You have to make yeah. sure. I don't care if you ask that person, is that a new dress every time they had the same dress on? Yeah. I don't <laughs> but make yeah. sure that they know that you see them. Yeah. Uh, that is that is so good because that is affirmation because you're doing it for that person. Because don't let Mr. Kabuya come out with um, his beard trim and I don't say anything. <laughs> or the girls, our daughters, say something before I do. It's major. What? It's, it's major. major. It's that, major. He lives for my compliments. The men love compliments. Women, mm -hmm. listen, wives, they love just as much they as we do. love. They right? do. Oh my goodness. So okay. So let's wrap up. Let's do these two together. Foreplay and flirting. Flirting is foreplay. Yeah. Automatically, it is. I think flirting is very important with your spouse. Um, I think that foreplay does not start in the bedroom. 
I think floor play starts, and I'm saying floor play, so maybe it starts on the floor for some people. I don't know why floor keeps coming out of my mouth. <laughs> um, but it starts in the car. Um, my husband is hands are either on my legs when he's driving, or my hands are on his thighs. Um, it starts when you're talking about the bills. It starts when you're talking, you're communicating. We're hugged out while we're watching TV. I'm smelling his armpits. Yes. I smell his armpits. Everything about my husband turns me on. And so I want him to know that. Yes. And so flirting with him, letting him know he winks at me. He winks at me so good. He has my son winking at me. Like, <laughs> so I mean, he, he loves me. And so I want to. I want to feel like he's making love to me way before we get to the bedroom yeah. and vice versa. And I think that that's important. Sex your husband, sex, well, sexting, sexting, sex your husband throughout the day. I've sent my husband pictures of me. I've made an emoji that's half naked. That, that looks like me that I've sent that to my husband. Um, so so yeah. it, it is certain things that you do throughout your marriage that you don't just do when you're in a boyfriend girlfriend stage that you don't just do when you're engaged a lot of people stop and that's the problem the same thing you did to get him is the same thing you need to do to keep him yeah the same yeah. thing the same Absolutely. thing and vice versa i think it it shouldn't ever stop because it's fun it is. I think flirting, when Olivier like winks at me, I'm done. It is over. What do you want, sir? Yes. Anything. Yes. You can have anything. <laughs> it's anything. what? Anything. Absolutely. But I think, again, it goes back to knowing your spouse and wanting to minister to your spouse, wanting to connect and, and please your spouse. Right Either. in the midst All of right. bills, kids, life, but me and you got something that nobody got, right? So let's get this thing together. Let's you know get this communication piece. Let's fix it because mm -hmm. that really right there is the root of a lot of issues and problems. And so, so get the tools necessary. I call them the God tools to help the marriages. Um, and it's okay. We all go through. Keisha is a, a witness. I mean, she said they were separated for a whole 10 months, a whole baby. A whole baby. And now they are professional counselors to so many. And that's what's so amazing. And their track record is amazing. Um, but they exude just love and marriage and sex and passion and purpose. So um, once again, it's been good. It's Thank been you. good, Keisha. I appreciate you. Um, before we go, one last insight. What would be something that you would tell that husband, that wife, um, before you go about marriage or just anything? What's on your heart? I would just simply say marriage is not a game. Yeah. It's not a game. It's, it, it's not a game. And you have to be willing to take all the I don'ts with your I do's. Mm. You have to be willing to do it. Or you can't say I do. Because a lot of people think that the I do, the in sickness and in health, you're really saying I do to good health. I do to riches. Yeah. I do to all of the positive things that come with the vows. And you really don't even take into consideration the cancer moments or the sexless moments or the argument moments or the I slipped up and had sex with somebody else moment or the he still doesn't have a job after four year moments or he's now strung out or he's now an alcoholic. Like all of those things, when you said I do, that is the thick and the thin. That is till death do us part. And so marriage is not a game. It's not something you can just change your mind. It's not something that you can say, you know what? 
I'm done. It's not Uno, I'm out. When you got that one card left, you still got to play your hand. You got to get dealt back in and you got to get the game going. It's not a game. That's good. It's not a game. And you definitely can't be no punk, Mary. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) but uh, that's a whole nother topic. Thank you so much. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Give my love to Buster. Will do. Family. God bless you. Thank you for being such a blessing. And and you definitely gave a lot of insight, a lot of tools for everyone listening to go home and do what they need to do to get that marriage back on track. Amen. And they can reach us if they need help. Oh, yes. Oh, forgive me. (laughs) They can reach you. Yes, let's let's. So her and her husband have their ministry, their business two divided by two. Google it. Um, they um will counsel you. Listen, you better come ready. You better know that your marriage is going to be working. Talking to them. Just when I talked to her, when her and I started knowing each other, and um, I was sharing that I want you to talk to your, to my friend. And you were like, well, I'm just going to let you know, um, this is what we're called to do. And so their marriage is going to work. Like there's no qualms about it. You were like, so she better really <laughs> want her marriage to work. Cause that's, what's going to happen. You that's know? The thing. So, so yes. Yeah, so, um, we have her, did we get her information up? Also, she has a woman's devotional that I'm telling you, you need to buy it as well as buy it for your friend, your mama, your auntie, your cousin, um, because it's a blessing. And I think we have that as well. Um, and I think it just went translated into Spanish as well. It will be out in Spanish September the 10th. Woo-hoo! Yes. Um, okay. Well, you know what? It is on your website. Some we don't have it right now, but I promise you, it's amazing. It will bless your life. And I just can't wait to see what all other books that you're going to write on marriage and being a wife. Um, so thank you. And I appreciate you. God bless you. God bless you. All right, guys. I told you it was going to be good. I think this ends our series on sexless marriage when your marriage is failing i think keisha gave some amazing amazing tools that will help you and here's the thing you didn't hear it all i promise you because i know when i go back to the um, broadcast i'm like oh gosh i didn't even hear that at the beginning and i'm the one giving the interview so you may want to listen to this once or twice three times even because we gotta get a uh, hold of this marriage thing because marriage is fun. Marriage is wonderful. And so my insight would be, look at your spouse through God's eyes with compassion. They might be broken, right? Wounded, hurt, dealing with some things, but so are you, right? So marriage is good. I promise you, it is fun. It marriage does work with prayer, with compassion, with grace, the same grace that you need. Give that grace to your spouse. I am living proof of it. And you guys know that I'm very honest with my marriage with Olivier. You know, we were struggling. Listen, every other word for me was that D word. And um, but through thick and thin, God's faithfulness um, and our work, it does take work. We will be celebrating 18 years in November and I'm some happy. And there's just days that I just thank God, like, oh, my God, thank you for not letting me quit because I've been able to experience the fruit of of everything we've gone through and everything we've worked towards and still working towards. We're not a perfect couple, but we're an intentional couple. We're a purpose couple that knows that the vision is greater than just us. And together we can do all that God has called us to do um, to reach, touch and impact lives. And so right now I just 
pray for every marriage that God would just restore, um, heal, um, bring that love back, bring the passion back to each other, bring the reason why you got married in the first place. Um, that's so important. Why? Why you said I do? Why you said yes? Why you want to live forever with this individual? Um, I pray that God would bring that back to your marriage. And um, and I'll be praying for everyone that I see on this thread. And if you want to inbox me, please, and I'll cover you. And again, if you need a third party, I recommend Keisha and Buster. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. Um, thank you so much for watching. It, I'm always humble to see you guys join me every Sunday. And if you show up, I'm showing up. And so until next time, real life, real you. Yeah, real good. Take care. Have a good week. Thanks for joining us this week on Insights with Latrice, where we talk about real life, real you, real good. Make sure to subscribe to the show in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you find value in the show, we'd appreciate if you simply tell a friend about the show. For more information on how to be a guest or to book Latrice, visit us at www.latricekabuya.com. Be sure to tune in next Sunday as we stream live on Facebook for our next episode.